Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is so special to have all of you here, uh, new students and uh, returning students. Uh, it's great to have this uh, beginning of the, the 2021 semester. So uh, we welcome you back. We're excited for it. We're looking forward to all the wonderful things that we're, we're uh, anticipating and doing. We're excited to have you here in worship this Sunday, and prayerfully, you will be uh, joining us for many more this year. And it probably goes without saying, and it's probably something that uh, you would, of course, expect from a pastor, but God wants you here, and he rejoices in you being here, and you need to be here, not just simply for uh, my sake, <laughs> um, uh, not only for, and of course, your brothers and sisters in Christ's sake, which is absolutely true, but you need to be here because your Savior loves you. And it is here that he gives his gifts to you of word and sacrament. So it is good to always be in the house of the Lord. The Lord invites you here always. This is the place of the Lord's house. And he has opened it up to each and every one of you. You are to see this place as your Lord's house away from home. Your home away from home. That when you think about all that this year is going to encase, whatever you may encounter uh, this year, all your joys, all your fears, all your highs, all your lows... This is the place where God has called you to come. He delights in hearing your prayers. He wants each of you to come to him because he cares for you. And you should know this, if you don't already, he will see you through it all. The joys and the fears, he will see you through it all because Jesus has done it all for you. He sent him to save you to rescue you. He was crucified for you, and he is risen from the dead for you. He saved you from all of your sins, and he is both your brother and your redeemer. So the Lord goes with you throughout all your academic studies, um, and for everyone else in the, in the pews have uh, graduated from any academic study, the Lord's with you too. We are called into a glorious, a glorious tradition. It's God's tradition. It's that beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the message that the Christian church has kept as its most precious tradition. And we, we don't typically think about it in this way. We often think of tradition as something that is made up, that is, that is uh, man-made. But this tradition, God's tradition, is that which is has always been of receiving sinners and saving sinners and sanctifying sinners. It is the tradition, uh, the church's tr tradition is that which is forged by the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for you. Uh, Jesus wasn't just any other man with any other sort of tradition. His tradition is born from above. And it dwells most joyfully in the hearts of those who receive him as their Lord. 
And that really gets us to the, 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 the center point of today's gospel. It's actually kind of a, a, a sad thing that, that this great and glorious tradition of God and his abundance of love for fallen people such as each and every one of us is rejected. Rejected and in, and in place of it, man's tradition is, is there. So the text today is about rejecting God's tradition. It's about those who Jesus wants to engraft into this gracious tradition of salvation, but who sadly reject him from dwelling among, among them and in their hearts. The text describes this, this sorry state of, of fallen sinners, fallen men, who choose hypocrisy over the word of God. They prefer, they prefer to live under the veil of, of what they think is most important than God's word, under the veil of their sins, than to see with clarity the hope of the prophets that have been anticipating and waiting for the return of Jesus, which is now right before their eyes. There's the Messiah. And instead, they, are filled, they have filled their eyes and their hopes and their desires with their own thoughts and wants and desires. That's the tradition of men. They have as their stumbling block this sinfulness. And, it, and this stumbling block is the kind that stubs all of our toes, if we're being quite honest. And it reverberates through our whole being. It's the tradition of sin. And it clings tightly to us. Our sin anchors us down. And I want you to think about it this way. It's like we are anchored down and we are pivoting in all sorts of directions. Wherever our heart is tugging and pulling us to go. But we are pivoted, we are, we are anchored down to, in this pivoting point, pulled in all sorts of directions, but we're going nowhere. That's what sin does to us. It does not anchor us in Christ, who is our stronghold. It anchors us in something of our own desires. And so we forget God's tradition, and we go after the things of the world. And... Uh, well, it's kind of a, uh, again, something that, something that I'm going to say that you would expect to hear, and at the same time, it kind of sounds a little cheesy, but I think it's worth saying. That, and, and it's this. It's the connection point of your college experience. You know, everybody's trying to connect something to your college experience. That's the, that's the fear that I have, that you to start dismissing it because everybody does that. But it is important to be thinking about your college career and what, and what that means. When you go off to college, there's a huge sense around, around you and with other people that, that you're going somewhere, you're doing something, that, you will, that what you will learn and discover over the years is, is who you are, uh, what you're good at, and then, and then that, hopefully at the end of it, find a career to, 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 to thrive in. Uh, when you go off to college, and this is true of, of new and returning students, there's a sense of, of possibilities and, and new experiences to be, uh, to be had. But there's also great caution with that. There's great caution with that, of course, because we don't want to forget who we actually are in exchange for what lies ahead. 
And what I mean to say by this is that who you are is what you've came here to fill yourself up with. Christ. You are Christ's child. And as much as what you will learn in the buildings to uh, my left, this is the place where God has called you to actually fill up your heart with what will supply anything that you learn over there for your whole life into eternity. So we are to beware of things that are common in our text today and still existent in the world. That still existent in our world today as common as it was uh, back then with the Pharisees and the scribes. And that's hypocrisy. Jesus really brings out the big guns when he calls the Pharisees and the scribes hypocrites. They are great teachers, but they are great teachers of losing sight of who you actually are. He calls them hypocrites because they give lip service to God in vain worship and their hearts do not actually love God or neighbor. He calls them hypocrites because, as he says, they teach as doctrine the commandments of men and because they leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. They see what is in the world to be gained for themselves and not anything outside of this world from God to be had and glorified. In fact, they think what they're doing is a good thing. And that's usually the mask of hypocrisy, thinking that you're doing something good when in fact you're not. They go above and beyond, but they go above and beyond where God has permitted them to go. They have forgotten, in fact, who they actually are. They exceeded in their spirituality beyond where God has called them to go and, and, and who to be. They would seek out uh, to do to others. They would seek out. Uh, uh, they would seek out to do to outdo others in their spirituality, as if it was some sort of contest. And in the process, the same faith that called them to, as the text says, care for their father and their mother, that that which was actually commanded of them was ignored. They called this, and we won't get into the weeds of this, but they called this twisted spirituality Corban in their own time, the sense of um, outdoing others in their spirituality and thinking that this actually pleases God, when in fact it doesn't. What might we call it in our, our day? What is, what is your Corban? There will be days when your faith in Christ will be tested and your heart will be pulled in all sorts of directions it should not go. We can think of obvious evils and we can enumerate the list and maybe your parents have already done this for you. But there are subtle ones too. There are those things and those, those days when you will have to decide between worship, going to church, being filled, in, filled with Christ, and studying, or sleeping, or hanging out with friends. And that's not to say that you shouldn't do those things. You must do those things. It's a part of the college experience. You've got to do those things. But you cannot excuse yourself from that which, and this is not so much a command to you, but it's the commandment of love, and that's kind of the point of the gospel text. You need to be here. Why? Not because you just got to be, just because, because, but because it's actually good for you. Because God loves you. This is the place that God fills you.
cares for you, tends to you, joins you to others who actually uh, are in fellowship with you and want to pray with you and care for you and, and be good, faithful Christian friends to you. To oppose that is to live a life of vanity and to live in that veil of hypocrisy. The world looks at these days when our hearts are, are tugged in all these different directions. And it gives us excuses uh, to give in. You might even try to justify yourself, believing that the Bible is full of these outdated guilt trips. But what you must know is that good worship and faithfulness nurtures these two things, honor and truth. And more than just plain honor and just truth as maybe something that we make up as we go. But I'm speaking of godly honor and truth that comes from above that actually prepares you to take on whatever comes your way. So we have two things going on here. God's commandment versus man's commandments. Jesus calls the Pharisees and the scribes hypocrites because they have robbed themselves and others of godly honor and truth. They have stripped them away of who they actually are so they don't even know themselves, which is a sorry state. And this condemnation that Jesus levels against them serves as their call to repent and their invitation to believe to believe in the real commandment of God. And if you, uh, maybe some of you are, are, maybe some of you are Lutherans, is what I was going to say. Uh, maybe many of you are Lutherans. And uh, maybe many of you have gone through um, uh, catechesis, confirmation. And if I would ask you, I won't put any of you on the spot, but if I were to ask you, what is the summation of the law? You would say it's love. The love of God the love of neighbor. That is the commandment of God that is spoken here. To love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Man's commandment is contrary to this. In the tradition of men, they have learned to love themselves, to compete for who is the holiest. But God is not pleased. The tradition of men fails to love God and to love neighbor. It is to live in vanity and hypocrisy. It fails it fails to form us into the holy people that we were created to be. Honestly, that is our common sin problem. We all live in this, to some degree or another, tradition of men. We alienate true honor due to God, and we exchange the fellowship with one another under the true doctrines of God for the lies that the world sells. And this is why Jesus laments. He laments how many have left the commandment of God for the tradition of men that serves oneself instead of God and all people, leaving God's love for the loves that do not last. And while that is how the world operates, you do not need to accept it. Man's hypocrisy kills, and you do not need to accept it. You do not need to accept hypocrisy, or fear confessing the true faith that Jesus is the Messiah, those unnecessary burdens that the Pharisees put on 
people to outdo others by commandments that are foreign to God do not have to be your way to salvation. In fact, it didn't save the Pharisees and the scribes, and it can't save you either. Only the commandment of God can save. Only the tradition from heaven saves. And it is Jesus alone who is your Savior. When all the world shows you who to be, how to live, and what you must do to to rise to the top, there's Jesus, standing alone amongst the crowd, above the crowd, and calling you to something different than the cries of the world. Jesus stands alone, calling to you to open up your eyes to see a more excellent way. The commandment of God is the law of love that Jesus alone fulfills. Only he is faithful to God's will, and only he has served his neighbor to the fullest, giving himself on the cross as a sacrifice for sin. Only Jesus lives and dies by the commandment of God, loving perfectly and purely. And only by Jesus do we truly rise. By his resurrection from the dead, you have your resurrection from the dead. This is the tradition of God in Christ Jesus for your salvation. He gives you his love to you, having done it all for you, having saved you. He loves you and makes his tradition your tradition. I was reading recently about some traditions at Purdue, which I'm sure through uh, Boiler Gold Rush, you've already heard all of them. But there's that tradition that if you walk underneath the, the bell tower, you won't graduate in four years. If you drink from the lion's head fountain, you're going to pass your next exam. There's the tradition of rubbing uh, Abe Lincoln's uh, uh, nose, and that'll get you good luck. It's on a bus. He's not really like, walking among us. <laughs> and many more traditions. But there are those traditions steeped in superstition. And there are then the traditions of God that are revealed to us in his word. The commandments of the world want you to, want you to keep on striving for those things which God has not called you to. But you must turn away from their hypocrisy. Instead, try on the commandments of God, the commandment of God, the commandment of love. God, God's word calls us to churchly fellowship, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. That's a good tradition. Jesus also promises, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. That's a good tradition. And when you are anxious, and when you are restless, Jesus invites you to himself. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a good tradition. It's the tradition of faith. This is the love of God that transcends the traditions of men. And it is the tradition, tradition of your faith. His love is not lost on you. No matter how ready or how unsure you are about the journey ahead, no matter who you are, student, parent, grandparent, pastors, or one of our community members, 
The love of God is the commandment that lives forever and is the greatest gift. God's commandment is the rule that is often broken, but never leaves you nor forsakes you. His commandment is a law unlike any other, unlike any way we think of any sort of law, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God's commandment to love is not man-made. God himself is love. God is love and is the fulfillment of this very commandment. Christ is the love which descended from heaven and dwells in your hearts. He is the love that reaches out to sinners and receives you back. He is the love that washed away all of your sins and feeds you with his holy supper. And he is the love that goes with you, guides you, and keeps you. His love is the tradition that never ends. His love prepares you for whatever comes your way. And his love is your source for all honor and all truth. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.